0: you we praise you we magnify you what an honor what a thrill to be here this morning to worship you to lift up your name to hear your word to experience your presence and father we just thank you we invoke the name of Jesus that every heart will be touched lives will be changed destinies will be overturned because we met this morning now father we never tire praying this prayer Lord help us get this job done even so Lord Jesus we bid thee come Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of ten locations. Ten churches started right here. Uh, and throughout New York, Pennsylvania, and uh, Europe, and we're just going to believe. Let's just win the world together, amen, from from this place, amen. So we welcome and greet each and every one of you. I know it's summertime. It's, uh, we have three months of good weather in a year, and folks are traveling and so forth, but it, it's always nice. You know, what, what happens in summertime, we're so Christian-like that we take turns going to church, right? yeah they, they say it on average takes about six weeks before the pastor sees his entire congregation, but we understand that you know, and uh, um, it 's great that uh, we we can get out and so forth and uh, see relatives and travel and be on vacation but uh, we 're so grateful for those of you that have come, uh, those of you that have tuned in and, and especially visitors and return guests and 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 uh, familiar faces, we welcome you in the name of Jesus Uh, without further ado if you have not gone already any of the kids if you've not gone to your program you can go ahead and go to your program and uh, for the rest of us invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke no the book of Matthew chapter 17 let's do Matthew 17 for those of you visiting, we welcome you. We're just so thrilled to have you with us. We always encourage our our people that do come to bring their Bibles or their e device and follow along. We we found this out is when you look in the Bible for yourself, uh, you receive so much more but uh we understand that many churches don't promote that i know i went to a traditional church and uh we were never encouraged to bring our bible so you know i wouldn't think about bringing a bible first time to come to church like this so what we're going to never do is have the scriptures on the overhead screen because it's so important to us that you see what we're teaching on is in the bible and so um and we're we're, we're on a series and uh it's been weeks and weeks, actually we started this series back in May, actually the first week of May, and uh, we, we've been uh, on it for, uh, this is about our seventh message. I know we, we've been traveling and so forth and other things, but uh, I, I believe this, this message that we're sharing is so important for the day that we live in. And what we've been talking about here is a supernatural supply. The God is a supernatural God. Everything that God does is supernatural. And God wants to be supernatural in all areas of our life. And the same uh, thing is with our area of supply and meet and our needs. It, it, he wants us to do it supernaturally. But it's so important for us uh, to know, number one, that He is. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, He that... Um, God has rewarded them that diligently seek him, but you must believe that he is. And so, the first saying that when it comes to supernatural supply, we must believe that he wants to do that. And that's why we're looking at the Word of God. And, uh, and as we, we look at these things, it will endeavor to help us get our thinking right. We've said this in the series um, if we're thinking wrong, we're going to believe wrong. And if we believe wrong, uh, we'll have wrong. And so we're looking at the word and we're taking time uh, about God wanting to meet our needs supernaturally. And why is it so important? Well, you just go outside these doors and go to nearest gas station, you know. It's like that joke, uh, the husband has said to wife, hey, I'm going to take you out to someplace very expensive. He takes them to the gas station, you know. You know, and so, you know, the gas prices have probably more than doubled uh, in the last year. Of course, inflation, I think, is 40-plus percent, and prices are up. And um, if you try to buy certain things, there, there's great leanness. Uh, people can't get parts and so forth like that. And if you're, your focus is just solely on everything that's going on in the world, uh, you'll be singing that hee-haw song, doom, gloom, and agony on me. But uh, thank God we have the Word, and we can be focused on the Word, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has given us His Word to show us that He wants to take care of us, no matter what the economy is saying. And we have so many wonderful examples that God even likes to show off a bit. When, when everyone else is suffering and having lack, and uh, he, he likes to show off and, and that do things supernaturally for his people. So we've been looking at that. And so it's so important uh, concerning that. And also, uh, this is a little bit more family news. You know, we want want to get magnificent. This is the name of our building, Paid Off. And uh, we, we need to know this, that God has a super... Natural supply. God's been gracious. He's given us this building. Uh, we owe about a million dollars on it. And so, uh, even though things may be lean out there, how I many you know that God's supply uh, can be magnified in a time of famine? Amy Semple McPherson, who uh, started the Foursquare denomination and built Angelus Temple at the time, was the biggest uh, church building in America. She, she built that during the great Depression and built it by cash and so forth and so uh why are we bringing this up because if we're we're saying man it's it 's so bleak there there 's no money out there there's uh things are are dying out there if we believe that that 's what we 're going to have in our life but man if we we look at what God can do, not only will our lives be uh, enriched, but uh, the, the church building uh, can be enriched. I believe that, that and it's been on my heart to get that paid off. And, uh, you know, with the Miracle Crusade, uh, we're believing God for $30,000. Now, why did we do that? Well, the ministry uh, team comes. And they come on their own expense, and we'd like to underwrite those expenses, and that way they come and bless and can have that crusade. But also we want to take the seed that we sow and use it as a harvest against this building. And so we trust that everyone is is doing their part. And you may say, well, what if I, I don't have any money? Well, the Bible says this, he gives seed to the sower. And if you ask God for seed, he'll give you seed. Then he'll multiply that seed. And again, just a reminder, I would never ask anybody to do something um, that I wouldn't do. I I feel always as a pastor, I must go first. I must be the first example. And, you know, in the area of giving, uh, we made mention of this, that uh, we're believing for $30,000. So Nancy and I wanted to give 10% of that. And so uh, we wanted to give uh, $3,000. And uh, we did it. And also my organization, which I travel, wanted to give 20%. So we gave $9,000. I meant $6,000, excuse me. So six plus three is 9000 almost 10%. And you know what? You know, it just wasn't enough. So we just decided to round it up. And so Nancy, as of today, we gave $10,000 to this. So, so praise the Lord. Now, did we have it when we started? No. Give seed the sower. Now, don't get me wrong. Once we found this out, we begin to save, to save in order to sow. And, uh, you know, this stuff works. This stuff works if you dare to believe God. I know sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, but, you know, God wants to do great things, but we we sometimes have to take a step of faith. And just to let you know, this is on top. I give 20% of all my income to the church. I actually almost pay my whole income. I give my income to the church and this is on top of that and you know I haven't had raise, and I, I can't remember the last time I had a raise well, how can you do that what we teach on what you teach on is sowing and giving and so that's that's why I'm just, I'm so thrilled and for those who are visiting, we, we, we hardly talk about these things but I think we need to because uh, a lot of times uh, we're, we're limited because we just don't understand the truth of these areas of what we can have. And so, again, let's, let's go to the Word here. Our, our golden text is in Matthew chapter 17. Uh, and we read here about a supernatural supply. And it says this, And when they were come to Capernaum, Matthew 17, 24, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute or taxes? And he said, Yes. And when he was come to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, Thankest thou, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children of strangers? And Peter said to him, Of strangers, Jesus said to him, Then the children are free, notwithstanding lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast in a hook, take up the fish that first cometh up, and thou when thou hast opened its mouth, the fish's mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, and give unto them for me and thee. We've been looking at this account, and it's in the Bible for a purpose. God wanted us to see it, that way we know how he operates in the earth, and and we can get involved and see how God supernaturally supplies. And uh, we, we saw here God supernaturally supplied tax money many of us have to pay taxes but uh, not only did God supernaturally supply it he showed us how he supplied it you know um, first thing we saw that when uh, Peter was approached about paying taxes uh, those that gave taxes were warning. hey, does Jesus pay taxes? Is he trying to do tax evasion? Does, how does this work? And Peter said, no, my master pays taxes. But evidently, it got him thinking wrong. Maybe thinking wrong, why do we need to pay taxes? You know, why, why all this? Or maybe he was thinking wrong of how we're going to have to meet the need of the taxes. How we're, how we're going to pay for the taxes, we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us. But we do know this, that was important to Jesus to straighten out his thinking he stopped and said Peter. What are you thinking? I Wonder how many times the Lord has had to tell us Maybe you had a little spit spat with your spouse and you start thinking things What are you thinking? Or, or maybe a big tax bill came in and you, you're on the calculator and, and Jesus will say what are you thinking? The Bible says as a person thinks, so is he. And so evidently Peter was thinking wrong and the Lord had to correct Peter's thinking. And what happened once his thinking was corrected, God could bring a supernatural supply. I know in in my life, uh, I mean I struggled, I struggled for years and years, I mean starting churches and and sewing, and doing business, and so forth. Uh, why did you struggle? I thought wrong. I thought wrong. So I thought God wanted me to struggle. I thought God, you know, you know my parents didn't have money, and, uh, you know, my grandparents didn't have money, and this is just that's just the way it is. But I thought wrong. Or God certainly couldn't prosper me. God couldn't help me. I, I don't have much of an education. I have a doctorate, but I'm not educated. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. But but God, God's no respect of persons. If you apply the word, He, he will, will magnify his word, do His Word. But if you think wrong and say, for years I thought just like Peter, I, I thought that I'm limited. To my education, my business sense, my surroundings, my upbringing—as long as I thought that it constrained God's supply in my life, so I, I had to correct my thinking. And that's why I love this account. Uh, that that when we're talking about this, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Don't say that. Don't, let's go on to the next subject. But as long as your thinking is straightened concerning uh, God's supply and prosperity and God's provision. It's going to limit God's supply in your life, just like in Peter. But once he, God is, straight, is thinking straight now, then God can do things supernaturally. And from this account we learned certain things. Number one, it wasn't a very big need. A single coin paid the tax money. And yet God wanted to supply that small need supernaturally. Philippians 4:19, my God shall supply what? Your big needs? all of your needs and uh, we need to be believing God for the small needs just not for the big needs in our life Uh, number two we saw that without a doubt they could have just paid that tax money with the uh, money on hand and we went through this we're not going to explain Jesus had enough money to pay for 12 traveling companions and uh, Judas stole money out of the treasury. Uh, Judas was uh, Jesus' treasurer and stole money and no one noticed. Like we said before, if there's $4 in the coffer, someone takes one, everyone notices. But if there was plenty of money there, you know, you take $10, $15 and kind of, you know, get lost in the shuffle and, and you can pilfer from it. And so that's what Judas did. So no doubt they had enough money in the the bank, so to speak, to pay it. And, but yet God didn't want to pay it that way. God wanted to show up supernaturally. And so that's what we call default thinking. What is default thinking? Is when a need comes, we go to our natural mind, our default. Well, this is the need. I look at my checking account, my savings count, and see if I can meet that need. If I cannot I write a check or pay that bill. If I don't, then I'm going to have to sell this or wait for the next paycheck or maybe this money will come in, then I can take care of it. That's default. And that's wonderful. That's fine, but it does not have a God button on it. You know, and Peter could have paid it. Peter could have went to Judas and said, Judas, uh, the tax collectors are asking for tax money. Go ahead and write a check. But Jesus stopped him and said, no, don't write a check. You need to think right about this. I want to supply it supernaturally. And Jesus told them how to supply it supernaturally. And so we, we just want to be open. See, if Peter didn't get his thinking straightened out and wasn't open to what Jesus had to say about the need, he would have paid it. It would have been paid off. It would have never been recorded in the Bible. And they would have been out that amount of money in the coffers. But God, in, in this little incident in, in, in life, this little need he saw fit to, to show us in the Bible, again, for our admonition, for our learning. And so we're, we're, we're endeavoring to think right about our supply and to change our default uh, settings and saying God, how do you want to supply? You may have the money on hand and if God don't say anything, how many you know you, you pay it? with the money on hand. We're not asking to be goofy or weird, uh, but, uh, but to be open to a supernatural supply. And we've been on this for several weeks, this part of it, about seed time and harvest, that God has a way of supplying our needs through the vehicle of a seed. And real quick, um, just for a reference on the teaching of Jesus, Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. And these are the words of Jesus. And he, Jesus said, So is the kingdom of God, as a man should cast seed in the ground. And he should sleep, rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, First the blade, then the ear, and the full corn in the ear. And when the fruit is brought forth, immediately put in the sickle, because what? The harvest is come. Here, Jesus tells us how the kingdom of God operates. How does it operate? By prayer and bellowing at God. God said, God, I have a need, meet my need. Now it says the kingdom of God operates as a man should sow seed into the ground. So Jesus is telling us, this is how the kingdom of God operates. This is how God operates. This is how things work in God's kingdom. And too many times we substitute prayer for principles in the word. And here, Jesus is saying, if you can understand planting a seed in the ground And allow it to mature and harvest. You can understand how God operates and how to get things from God. How to get things in your life. And so it is as a man should cast seed in the ground. And so we're seeing that a seed can supply a great need. A great need. And we understand that. You know that if any of you have planted seeds Into the ground. Uh, I like sunflower seeds. Just because that's what I feed uh, my birds with. uh, The squirrels with. The raccoons with. And the deer like it. And of lately, the bears. I got another visitation from a bear. Now they're looking in our windows. Yeah. They love sunflower seeds. But sunflower seed is... About this big, insignificant thing, not not even a snack for a, for a chipmunk. And that chipmunk, if eats it, it's forever gone. And he says, "I'm still hungry." But you take that sunflower seed, and sometimes they get dispersed abroad in our mulch and so forth, and they get planted in the ground, and all of a sudden, like Jesus said, here comes a sprout. And it grows and grows, and my our sunflowers get about five foot tall. You know, little seed grows into a stalk five feet tall, much bigger than that little seed. Not only that, it produces a flower, and in that flower contains what? Hundreds of sunflower seeds. Farmers know this. We all know this. We're, you know, not not one of us comes and say, come neighbor, look, look at this. I planted a seed, look at this. And you say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's how it works. God put it in the DNA of everything. You plant an acorn, let it grow, it grows into this mighty oak tree. God instituted and he said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will continue. And so we see that. But Jesus said, "This—that's how the kingdom operates." And you know what we do a lot of times is this: we want the harvest of the sunflowers. God, God, send it, send it, and then we say, "Pastor, believe with us, believe for us for a mighty, mighty harvest." We we have a need, but God says, "So, skim." That your needs could be supplied by the sowing of a seed. We call a farmer a fool. Now, farmers are not fool. They're the wisest. They understand the principle of God. If a farmer went to an acre of ground and fast and prayed, God, give me corn. God, give me beans. God, give me, you know, whatever your thing is. You know, the, the... the other farmers would lean against the fence posts, watching them fast and pray, do the Jericho march around the field, says, that, that man's a fool. Yeah. Right. Why? There is no harvest without the planting of seeds. Yes. So and again, we understand this. And if a farmer wants more harvest, what does he do? You pray to God for more harvest. No, he plants more seed. And yet Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of God operates. How many times we want more harvest? And why is it important to us? In this day, you need more harvest. Because what you made yesterday is worth way less than, I mean, what you made today is worth way less than you made last year. Because of inflation. You need harvest harvest. How does harvest come? Through the planting of seed. Luke 6.38. Just in case, if you think Jesus would have enough Luke, Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38. There we go. Jesus said this, what? Give. And what happens when you give? It's given unto you. The same measure. You give a sunflower seed, and a sunflower seed comes back to you. You give an acorn, and you're going to get an acorn back. No. Give, and shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together, and I love this, running over. Shall men give in your bosom. Same measure of meat, it shall be measured unto you. Can you see that as seed? When you sow a sunflower seed, it comes back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. Way a lot more than what you sow. Now, for those of you visiting, no, we're not taking by. We we are very careful along these lines, but we're not ashamed of the gospel. This is truth. Jesus said it was. if it was wrong to operate and see time harvest, Jesus is the author of bad doctrine. He, he told us how to do it. He says, this is how the kingdom of God will operate. It's in all the seed. And the same thing, when you give. when you give, harvest comes greater than the seed that you sowed. Now, in case of you don't trust Jesus... Let's see what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. What is he talking about? Sowing. What is he talking about? Sowing. He's talking financially. And and notice it's, it's not up to God. He says, he, it's depending on your sown, your, your giving. If you sow very little, God, God will bless it in good measure, press down, shaken, gather, running over. But if you only plant a few seeds, that's all God can work with. Yeah. But if you sow bountifully or, or much, so shall the harvest be much. Let's read the next verse. Every man, according to his, as he purposes his heart, let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And God is able to, if we sow seeds, what can God do with seeds we sow? God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I don't have time to teach on grace, but there's a grace to prosper. There's a grace. The, believe, DNA in a seed to be planted and bring forth this stalk in all these seeds we see it in nature as a natural law, but in the kingdom of God, we call that grace. Grace is God's ability beyond our own. And here, God says, if you sow seed, God is able to release all grace, God's ability beyond our own, our own business, our own means and ways, our own education. God is able to do exceedingly above our limitations. God is able to make all grace abound to who? Towards you that soweth. And I love this. You always having all sufficiency in all things, in every good work. Now this is in the Bible. And it talks about seed and harvest. It says all grace, all sufficiency, all things, Every good work. What's that mean? All grace means all the stops pulled out. Full measure. All sufficiency means a full supply for everything. And it says for for every good work. So what, what is it saying? That by seed sowing, you allow God to bring a harvest that every need that you have, you'll have a full supply for it. But not only that. But for every good work, so it doesn't matter what the economy's doing. You know, seed time and harvest is not dependent on the har- uh, on the, the economy. A hundred years ago, during on well, its longer than that, the Great Depression. You put seed in the soil; the harvest will still come. Same thing today. You put seed and ground in the harvest. You take care of that seed; it will grow. De- it doesn't depend on. On the economy, what's happening in the world. And God says, My grace in this area is not dependent on the economy of your time, it's depending on the seed you sow. The seed you sow. Listen to the new, uh, I have this, uh, it, it's a, a version. In verse 8 it says God will generously provide all you need then you always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others how's that come that the planting of seed a seed can supply need now we've been on this we see this mouth I gave you two or three witnesses Jesus, Paul, Jesus a couple times in what Paul is saying, and then we we could also go to Galatians 6. God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. You know what it means, God should not be mocked? You can't blame God. God, God, my needs aren't met, my bills aren't paid, all this is going on. And you can't say, God, why are you doing this to me? God says, I'm not mocked. Whatever you sow, are, are you sowing? Are you tithing? Are you giving? I, I work on your, your, your giving, not just your bellowing. You know, a lot of times we bellow. Now, when you're a baby Christian, don't know anything, God helps you. But when you're taught, you know, to bellow at God for your needs without planting seeds is like that farmer praying to God to put a harvest in his field without planting of seed. Now principle so is the kingdom of God this is how it operates but does this actually work do, do you have examples glad you asked turn with me finally for three weeks I've been trying to get to the scripture three weeks now 1st Kings chapter 17 1st Kings chapter 17 Starting with verse 10. And this is an account in the life of Elijah, the prophet. And so he, Elijah, rose and went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city, and behold, there was a widow woman, was there gathering sticks, and he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. What's going on? There's a great famine. The economy is bad. uh, Because there's a drought, crops aren't growing. People are in great want, people are in great need. And so verse 11, as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, or I ask thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake or a loaf but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. What a great confession that is. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me. And after it, for thee and thy son, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel: the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crews of oil fail, until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and her house, she and he and her household, did eat for many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither the crews of oil failed, according to word of the Lord by spake by Elijah. This is a supernatural supply. This is continually having enough when no one had enough. This is a supernatural supply in a drought, and the famine, the recession, depression. But notice this. The woman didn't have very much. Most people look at what they have like this woman says, I certainly don't have enough. After I eat this, we're going to die. We're going to go bankrupt. I'm going to lose everything. I, this is it. This is the end. It's over. As la vista. You know, go to jail. Do not collect $200 type of thing. Isn't that true? Here, he, he, asks, he asks for some bread and says, I, I don't have a loaf. I, I just have a little flour and a little oil just to make a, a, a cake, a hand side. I'm going to gather a few sticks. I'm going to bake it. My son and I are going to split it. Then we're going to die. That is it. Yeah. And, and there's nothing more coming in. Right. Yes. Bleak seems so final. So, so impossible yes. financially in supply. But how how did this supernatural supply of having more than enough? When everyone else was suffering, she had very little. All of a sudden, she had very much. So is the kingdom of God as if of what? A man casts seed into the ground. What did the prophet say unto her? Verse 13. Elijah said, fear not. We could take one session on fear not. Fear is the opposite of faith. Why do many Christians do not tithe? Other than people that are deceived and say it's not for today. I guess that's going around. But most Christians are taught they don't tithe because they're afraid. If I tithe, I'm not going to have enough. If I give, I'm not going to have enough. This woman was afraid. I only have this. And I have no more. Elijah said, fear not. Don't ever be afraid to give. Don't be ever afraid to to, to sow. why because when you sow the kingdom of God says whatever you sow God can cause all grace to abound that you have all sufficiency in all things may abound every good work this miracle that they had all sufficiency she ate her son ate Elijah ate for who knows, a year, year and a half, two years? I, we don't know how long. We know the famine was for over three years. But they ate. They had all sufficiency. Yeah. Believe it or not, the Bible's true. Yes. She, they proved it. How did she get that supply? She had to give. Listen. Fear not. Do as I said, but make me thereof a cake first see that's where it takes faith but I'm hungry this is all I got put it first somewhere someone I'd put in the Bible seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be someone I'd put about the tithe being the first fruit someone I'd put that in the Bible it's all through the Bible God doesn't want the bottom. He wants the top off the first. Because it takes faith. It takes faith to put God first. Because we like to give Him the leftovers. And if we give Him the leftovers, we get left over. This woman could have ate that seed. She would have been satisfied, maybe partially satisfied for one meal. And she'd starve tomorrow. But she gave... She gave. She planted a seed. This works, brothers and sisters. I've proven it. Proven it. I've done things that would scare you. But really, wouldn't this be scary for the woman? I, I just have a handful that's my son. My, my son's going to starve. He's going to starve anyway. Yeah. And to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to put the kingdom first. I'm not going to look at all these things that say I shouldn't naturally. I'm going to sow it first. Yeah. And when it's first, the supply comes. Or Jesus is a liar. I, let's just take this miracle crusade. You know, like I said, the only reason I bring these figures is as an example. This works. I shouldn't be living like I'm living, have the income I give. I give away too much money. But it's a necessity. The Bible says, cast your seed upon the waters after many days, your bread on water many days. I have to continually be sowing. So we, we initially, we immediately give 20% of all of our income back to the church. You know, I have other incomes, businesses, and so forth like that. We, we give, just about pay our salary off, and so forth. But with this miracle crusade, I got projects. I got needs. There's things I want to do. You, you know? Yeah. Another miracle crusade. Oh, I, I wanted to do this. I got a driveway to put in. I got this. I got this. And but I know if I put this first, we have a vacation. I'm trying. I can't touch my vacation. Put money away from vacation because this has got to be what first. Yeah, all these other projects. It's got to be first. Why? That's how it works. Well, aren't you thinking you can take take ten thousand dollars? I mean, you can do some stuff with that. Yeah. But if you, if you take it on your own needs and do your own projects, that's all you have. But if you take that and put it first and you sew it, good measure, press it downy and shaking it down. That's why I'm just so thrilled. I was just through believing God and everything. I'm putting it first. first, Finally, $10,000 in there. Woo! That means I'm getting $10,000. Good measure. Press down, chicken the other hand. Get... Yeah. Was it sacrifice? Oh, absolutely. For months, been scraping, getting this stuff up because I want to put this first. And I'm showing how it works. How it works. Because too, too many people are casual towards this type of thing. They, they give, not like the woman, they give out of their convenience, not of their sacrifice. Uh-oh. It's getting warm in this Presbyterian convention. Yeah. Pastor, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have said that. All right. Let's get back to Jesus. Jesus. Blessed Jesus. Is that your stuff? (laughs) Story time. Blessed Jesus. It's watching people give into the treasury. The offering. He's watching. Does Jesus watch offering? Of course he does. And they that have much... They tip God because they give out of abundance. So I, 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 this is convenient for me to give. Now, these aren't in my notes. I'm speaking by the inspiration of God. So Jesus is watching these rich men. That's, that's convenient. That's convenient for you to give. And there's this poor widow woman. We don't have an offering bucket out here, do we? No. Poor widow woman. Who knows? Maybe she had a cane. We don't know. It says she had two mites, which two pennies, two nickels, two cord. You got one coming. Bring it on up here. Bring it on up here. So let's, let's do this that way the camera. Rich man, well, yeah, here, here. I got, I got a pocket full of money. Here's a 20. Put my hundreds back in. Ooh, I gave maybe got that little rose pin, you know that you know little pin said I gave, or a little sticker, and a wooden woman. That's all she's got. Can't buy much with it, but but that's all I got. what Jesus say that woman gave more than all of them these gave out of their convenience she she gave out a sacrifice and Jesus said good measure pressed down shaken together i can't wait to get to heaven very good tax collector money collector <laughs> to see what Jesus did for her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. <sighs> yes. Principle of first. Principle. This woman could have ate what she had. Would have ate a meal. Would have paid a bill. But she sowed. And she had a full supernatural supply. Not one of us needs to be broke. Not one of us needs to be in hardship. Well, I don't have it. Even if you don't have anything, he says give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Glory to God. Every need, and I know I'm quitting, we've got people choking. Every need can be supplied by the sowing of seed. Right. Now let's close with 2 Corinthians nine, starting with verse six, just to kind of wrap it up. Then we're going to get to next week, the next scripture. I've been next scripture I want to go to, it's taken me four weeks to get there. But we, we had to break up the follow ground. Now let's look at it again, New Testament, "He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully." Seven. Every man corning as he purposes in his heart. That widow woman didn't have much. So small, like a little acorn. So small like a sunflower seed. But she wanted God to be first. That's a heart thing. This widow woman that we read about in Elijah, a little... A little handful of meal, a little oil, not enough. Prophet God, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but give it first. All right? I mean, we're going to die anyway. Bless God, let's just be all in. Here you go, prophet of God. The flour for years just kept supernaturally coming into the barrel. The oil just supernaturally kept coming in. The recession, depression was over. But notice this what did God multiply? What He gave. He didn't multiply fish. Nope. Come on. Right. Yeah. He, he didn't multiply, uh, you know, bananas. <laughs> he multiplied the seed. So, when you sow a sunflower seed, you never get an orange, That's right. That's never right. get an apple. Nope. I mean, Sometimes we need to look at this. What you need, plant that seed. Yeah. 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 I need my house payoff. Well, well, maybe plant a seed, help a mortgage payment for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I need car payment. We'll pay some else's car payment. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, Pastor, you've gone wild. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Because I will stand before Jesus. And, and, and in this service, I said, Jesus, I endeavored to tell them, yeah. you want to do miracles? How to do it. How to do it. Give them seed. Give them seed. Give them seed. Don't beller at God. Don't beller at God for your needs anymore. God, God, God. Only time you can bell at God says God, I have no seed. Then you can beller at God. God, And then, then when you get the seed, don't eat it. You, you, you sow it. And watch what God will do for you. Well... I'm done again. Preach me happy. Now this, I'm preaching by inspiration. A lot of people get offended when you, you teach on prosperity, when you teach on this. It's in the Bible. You're getting offended in the Bible. Judas got offended over Jesus because of what? The offering. And again, I'm not going to take the offering. I, I don't manipulate. I'm simply sowing seed. we think nothing if I preached healing in order for you to have healing, we think not. But the same thing. We want you to be supernaturally supplied. But what we want is, yes, pastor, good. Yeah, let God supply. You mean there's, there's something i got to do? You mean there's a sacrifice on my part? I want to be all God. <laughs> yeah. That's like a farmer saying, I don't want to plant any seed. I want to eat all my seed and have a harvest too. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way. But for our visiting friends, thank you for being with us. What I lack in... Depth, I tend to go in length, but these things are in the Bible. These things are true. Let us pray. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful for thy word. The kingdom of God is as a man should cast seed into the ground. Every farmer knows it for 6,000 years. Folks have been planting seeds, and it's still in operation today. But that's how your kingdom works. Needs can be met supply can come fathers we we apply these principles father and just thank you we're all at different spiritual levels and growth my lord we just thank you for light and revelation for each one of us in Jesus name amen with heads bowed and eyes closed real quick I know we talked about God's supernatural supply the world is getting to be a very bleak place Tough times, people are talking recession and inflation and so forth and it can be very, very troubling. But Jesus said, when you see these things, look up for your redemption cometh not. The Bible is very clear, Jesus is coming. And we don't know when he's coming, but he is coming. But regardless of that, all of us are going to stand before the Lord after we die. And I tell you, it's the greatest, most wonderful thing to to lay your your head on your pillow at night and know that if you were to die in your sleep, you'd go to heaven. It's the most wonderful thing when you you, you draw your last breath in this life and knowing that that you'll exit this life in, in being the loving arms of Almighty God, to being the loving arms of Jesus. There's no greater joy, no greater confidence. And the Bible says when you're born again, when you're His child, He puts that in. If I were to drop dead right now, I didn't sit and go to heaven how can I know that God puts that assurance when you're born again he puts that knowing on the inside every child of God every Christian knows that but if you don't have that knowing you don't have that that witness in your spirit you may not be born again not maybe here I've never heard about born again Jesus said you unless you're born again you'll not enter the kingdom of God you know you may go to church You may be very religious very moral. But just think, if you would, could have gone to heaven by just keeping the Ten Commandments, why would Jesus Christ have to come and die for our sins? You have to understand, we've all sinned come short of the glory of God. One sin in our life will keep us out of heaven. And there's no natural remedy. There's nothing we can do to eradicate and erase sin. Only the blood of Jesus. Only the precious blood. And it's when we accept Jesus that that blood is applied and our sins are washed away. Not only that, God puts in us a brand new spirit. His likeness his character and that's where that knowing comes that that when we pass we know that we'll be in the loving arms of God and uh anybody here or online if you don't know for sure that you're a Christian don't sure that you, you you die and go to heaven you can't know for sure the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved so with that's about nice close real quick is there anybody here that you can also say you know I, I've never been born again I I, I want to be born again I want to receive Jesus Raise your hand. Anybody here? I know we're mostly home folks, but we just want to make sure. Especially those watching online. If you're not sure, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see it, but God can. Anybody? Real quick. One last invitation. Maybe you're here and you have been born again, but you're what we call backslidden, or the Bible calls a prodigal son or daughter. That simply means you have been born again. But you know, in your heart, that knowing area that you're not walking with God, you don't have peace with God, you don't have confidence because you know you're doing wrong or gone the wrong way. You may have got distracted. You may have got hurt. You got, may have got sidetracked. You may, it doesn't matter what caused you to walk away from God, but to be like the prodigal son in the Bible, when he came to the census, he came back. And when he started to come back, his father ran out to meet him. And that's what God will do if you you'll just respond to his love He'll run out. He'll bless you. He'll help you. He'll turn things around your life if you'll let him and if that's you You're what we call backslidden or prodigal son and daughter that's you go ahead raise your hand anybody just want to make sure Make sure everyone knows God everyone knows Jesus But you watching online if you're never been born again or your backslid right now the Bible says whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved call on Jesus right now how do you do that just just look to God and say God I believe that Jesus is your son I believe he died for me he rose again from the dead and I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and my friend those of you watching you've done that. You're now a child of God. Your sins are forgiven. And if you prayed that prayer with us, if you made a dedication for Jesus, go ahead and let us know. We want to help you get started in your new walk with God. Amen. Amen. Well, what were you helped today? My, my, my. It works. The day that seed, time, and harvest stops working, then giving doesn't work anymore, but it still works. Uh, what we do here at Family Church after we receive the word, uh, we're going to just worship the Lord and just thank God for all we receive. Then afterward, we're going to just spend about 10 minutes praying for that miracle crusade. We're sowing, uh, we're sowing spiritual seed. We are sowing uh, power available through our prayers. And so, uh, it, it, you know, we understand that when we dismiss, many have got places to go, we understand. But if you could stay uh, just a few minutes, pray with us, we, we'd love that. So go ahead and worship, team. Hallelujah.